0: Broadcasting from deep within Angel Stadium, this is Angler Chronicles.
1: Good morning, Southern California. From Joshua Tree at Dutch Harbor, from the Canadian wilderness to the Amazon jungle. Buckle up, because it's going to be wall-to-wall action on Angler Chronicles.
2: Angler Chronicles is brought to you by Turner's Outdoorsman, California's fishing, hunting, and shooting headquarters since 1971. Van Warmer Resorts, Hotel Palmas de Cortez, and Hotel Playa del Sol. Fishing Syndicate Quality Custom Rods, get syndicated. Carne de Teresa, providing quality, handmade, marinated meats. Owner Hooks, perfection in hooks. Lake Elsinore, the city of Dream Extreme. And Bite On Fishing, where your next catch is only a castaway. Good morning, Southern California, and welcome to this week's episode of Anger Chronicles uh, on Angels Radio, AM 830 KLAA. My name is Sergio, and I'll be your host with Ron Hobbs, the director of the AC Fishing Schools. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, your mic's not on. Hey, uh, Leilani, can, we don't have his mic, not on. Okay, can we get his mic on? Go ahead.
3: That's right. okay. I don't matter. There you are. Okay. I, I don't, I don't All
2: right. We're so trying to get Steve Carson on the line. We haven't gotten Steve Carson on the line, but he's coming up, ready. But in the meantime, we do have, uh, you know, uh, this guy. I'm gonna. He gets. Him. He gets a special. He gets a special something because um, yesterday was the 248th birthday of the Marine Corps. And, um, you know, I know I give him a lot of grief, a lot of grief, but, you know, he is our resident earthworm, okay? And as such, I got to give him his, his, he's got his his own theme song, Ron. Okay. So without further ado, earthworm, good morning and thank you for your service. How you doing, brother? Pretty good, good, good. Happy birthday! I know it was two hundred and forty-eight for you yesterday.
3: Yeah, you look pretty good. Wait, I'm I'm actually older than Ron. <laughs> oh, there you go. Now you're back down to twenty feet. Hoorah!
0: Yeah. <laughs> so let
3: me see if you know what
2: what a semper fidelis means.
0: Uh, semper
2: fi. What does it mean?
0: Semper fi. I have
2: no idea. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Okay, so tell tell people strange. tell people what it means. Uh I don't, I don't know. You really don't 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 mean don't know, huh? It uh, means always faithful. Well there you go. Like a dog. Like you. Like a dog. <laughs> no, always faithful. That's what it means. Alright, well, so much for you. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I, I think now it's 30 feet.
2: Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to go right now to another. other. You know what? I'm way down there. I got a bigger name on the other line, bro. I got a bigger name on the other line. So I'm going to do some right now. Without further ado, the Encyclopedia of Fishing. Mr. Steve Carson, also director of the Penn Fishing University. Good morning, Steve.
4: Good morning, Sergio, and to all the veterans out there,
2: thank you very much for your service. Amen to that. Amen. Yes, sir. Okay. In fact, um, let me share these. Uh, let me share something with you. Okay. This was said in 1989, and I think it, it, it says it says it all. Each American veteran is a source of strength and pride for our country, Americans, and millions of people around the world as well. Enjoy the blessings of freedom, peace, and representative government because our veterans were willing to risk their lives for them. We are forever grateful for their selfless, for these selfless individuals. George Bush said that in 1989 on Veterans Day. Veterans Day is always, always Which on November George? 11th, okay? And um, it's important. Uh, I know yesterday everybody really was. Uh, a lot of people are celebrating yesterday, and I go, that, that's not the day. And the other thing that people get mixed up, one thing is Veterans Day, one thing's Memorial Day. There's two different things. Memorial Day is is for the ones that have passed. Veterans Day is to honor the ones that haven't. For example, Earthworm, okay? You're oh, wow. one of them, okay? How, how many years do you serve? How many what? How many years did you serve? Uh, Three. Three years. How come you didn't do four? Uh,
0: Motorcycle accident.
2: Oh. Honorable discharge? What was that? Did you get an honorable discharge? Of course. Okay, very good. Well, with you, I never know. (laughs) Now, nah, listen, all good, and I just want to send a huge message out there to all our veterans. We thank you, believe me, we thank you um and, and I know a lot of people take um uh, being an American for granted, but they shouldn't okay some of us okay, come here from a different country and become American citizens we really We really hold it real tight uh to our hearts okay in fact, uh there was it Dick Cheney that said. It's easy to take liberty for granted when you haven't had it taken away from you. Okay? That's, that's a big one. But um, anyway, uh, let, me, um, let me bring it around. Say, uh, again, uh, happy Veterans Day to, to all our veterans. I and mean, we know we have a lot of listeners that are, a lot of fishermen who are. And uh, Angler Chronicles is always supporting um, a lot of these things. You know, we, we started early with uh, down in, actually up in Ventura. Okay, with the group up there. Then we do the uh, Battle of the Branches down south, and we've also taken some other uh, veterans out and uh, made sure they have a good time. A lot of suffering that goes on with PTSD, et cetera, and missing limbs. And uh, Anyway, I thank them all for their service. All right, Earthworm, you ready? I, I need a fish report, bro.
0: All right, here we go. So the fish are in. Uh, this week uh, we'll start it off with Santa Ana River Lakes. Santa Ana River Lakes uh, had their official trout opener uh, Thursday. Mount Lassen came in, uh, stocked five thousand pounds of rainbow trout. Uh, these fish weren't the big ones. Um, the reason it's always the first stock, always the same way. It's kind of like a tester stock, is what they call it. So they put in, you know, they put in a bunch of fish. Um, around, you know, let them get around the lake just to see how, uh, you know, how they'll react in the water. Um, and then next week, uh, when, is when they start bringing in the big stuff. Um, and then the week of the 6th or the 17th, 18th, um, they announce that they're bringing in the super trout. So expect to see, you know, fish in that 13 to 18 pound range, uh, you know, coming in. And, and, you know, their lake, they're the, they're going to be the ones stocking the biggest trout. Um, of the season, like usual, um, you know, that's why we call this place, you know, Home of the Superfish. Um, but it looks like the fish are biting. Lots and lots and lots of people were catching trout yesterday. Um, looks like the most common method was uh, either soaking bait uh, somewhat closer to shore. I know uh, uh, some anglers were, uh, they're doing the, the Carolina rig, uh, soaking, you know, different colors of power bait, dipping them in the tractants, like the bite on, um, you know, things like that. And then, uh, there is, well, there was some jig guys, um, that were getting them, you know, throwing jigs, um, right there by the boat dock, uh, also in, uh, Chris's pond. I know, uh, uh the nets over there was a hot spot, um, for catching the fish. Um, same thing in made, uh, inflated night crawlers, also working over there. Um, and also still some catfish are showing. Uh, I know, uh, a couple guys were actually soaking bait for these trout, and, uh, some catfish came in and, you know, eating their power bait. That just tells you, you know, how many fish are actually in that lake and then i did see uh one you know very nice size uh tilapia that was caught as well so many options for uh for santa and river lakes and like i said looks to the next couple weeks um you know for them to get the super size you know uh super trout coming in from that 13 to 18 pounds, um you know in that lake now from there uh let's see now from there uh fishermen's retreat uh had their stocking yesterday Um, That's always a good option uh, to catch fish. Uh, Mountain Lakes, uh, that's where I'm at actually today. I'm looking for Tony's uh, bluebird. Um, They stocked uh, a 1,000 pounds of trout on Thursday. Uh, First chance to get them was yesterday. And I've seen, seems like they were biting very well yesterday. A lot of guys had limits. Uh, Some anglers were getting uh, the second pass, um, you know, so they can get another five fish. So Mountain Lakes uh, definitely is producing, you know, some good fish. Nothing too big. Um, you know, they're right around that two-pound range, maybe a few, to shy of three pounds. Um, but for the most part, you know, it's been uh, pretty good here. Now, uh, state stocks. Uh, Apollo Community Regional Park, that's going to be up there in Lancaster. They haven't stocked trout in a few years. And they just had their first uh, county or state stock uh, go in uh, the other day. They put 500 pounds of trout in. Uh, because of the state stock, these fish are in, in there around a pound or so, um, but, you know, still very fun to catch. Uh, San Bernardino County Lakes, uh, you have uh, Parado, Glen Helen, and Sacombe Park. Um, all these places stock trout, again, tried by the state. Um, you know, kind of all these places the state usually comes in first, throws in a tester stock to see how, you know, how they do. And then, uh, um, and then, uh, on the 22nd of this month, uh, they're scheduled to stock from Jess Ranch, uh, you know, with fish coming in. So they're gonna be a little bit bigger. They're gonna, you're gonna have chances to catch, you know, the average two pounders, but then they're also gonna throw in that four, five, six pounder, you know, mixed in, uh, uh, you know, in each tank. Um, in Riverside County, you got a Rancho Harupa Park Lake and then Little Lake and Hemet. Uh, both places stocked, uh, this week. Again, estate stocks. So you're looking around three to five hundred pounds uh, of fish. Um, but again, they're fun to catch. I mean, it's it's definitely a great time, you know, to get out there with the family, uh, do a little camping, do some fishing, all that good stuff. Now, San Diego County, um, you have like Marina, Marina Reservoir, Lake Wolford, uh, Lake Jennings, uh, Chalice Park, and Lake Miramar. They've all had estate stock this week as well. Um, again, same size fish. But you know what the what the state is doing. You know it's starting. It's time. I mean, we're we're almost to mid-November already. You know it's trout season. It's time to get your you know your ultralight stuff out. Um, you know your two-pound test. You know uh, get your net that people can fit in. The bigger the net, the better. I always say. Um, you know, and just get out there and, and try to try to get some fish. Now the Sierras. If you're going to be heading up the Sierras, you do have a few days left. There is some places closed. So make sure you check your regulations before you, you fish these areas. I know that they were dusted a little bit with snow uh, over uh, uh, over the week. Um, they did have some snow, so there is going to be some more closures coming. Um, but I believe it's uh, November 15th is the last official day uh, to fish up there in the Sierras. But right now, if you're heading up that way, uh, in the Mammoth area, there's a lot of big fish being caught at Lake Mary um, on the shoreline and also um, uh, Gold Lake, Um, Grant Lake, you know, those areas up there are doing very well for the bigger fish. Um, I know Marty's up there. uh, He's caught in the past four or five days. uh, He's caught and released uh, somewhere around 18 to 20 fish, all above four pounds um, up there. So, yeah, so they're doing very well. Uh, He does a combination of jigs, lures, basically anything he can throw on his new kayak, he's doing it. And, uh, and him and his buddies, they're finding the fish. So there's a lot of options, um, you know, up that way. Um, now, if you're going to go a little bit farther, I don't know if we have time because the break's coming, but I'll talk about what I did over last weekend uh, up in Utah.
2: Yeah, I want to um, hear if you, was, if you got the grand slam or not.
0: Yes, yes. So, so what I did was we, we headed out to Utah uh, uh, on Friday, um, you know, fishing. And then um, I was able to catch five species of trout in a 24-hour period. All right, well, hold on but- to that.
2: Hold on to that because I can hear the music now. Okay, so we are going to go to um, uh, go to break. And when we come back, we'll get the whole story from you. I want to hear about this. All right, folks, this is Angler Chronicles on Angels Radio, AM830, KLAA, with a very special, special thank you to our veterans. We'll be right back.
5: It's his newborn baby he left with his wife. Mr. Red, White, and Blue. Lay down his life. Mr. Red, White, and
6: Blue. For these stars and stripes. Hey.
0: Angels Radio.
1: AM 830. The Dana Wharf Kids Club is the coolest club of the sea, featuring free fishing trips, whale watching adventures, and more. Check them out on the web for daily deals, including the famous half price Tuesday. Dana Wharf Sport Fishing, number one angler's choice since 1971. That's Dana Wharf Sport Fishing and Whale Watching, located at 34675 Golden Lantern in Dana Point. You can contact them by phone at 949 496 5794 or on the web at danawarf.com. Daily Adventures, Lifelong Memories, established 1971. Stay connected and follow them on Facebook and Twitter
5: come from, here's what I tell everyone, I was born by God's dear grace,
8: in an extraordinary place, where the stars and stripes. Eagle flies. Well,
2: welcome back, everybody. This is Anger Chronicles on Angels Radio, AM eight thirty KLA. I let that one go a little longer because I love the words of that that song. So, anyway, uh, where the stars and stripes and the eagle flies, I love that. All right, uh, let's get back to Andrew. Andrew, you were talking and you were saying you made you did the grand slam. So I want to hear how that ended up happening.
0: Yeah, definitely. So. um so we got, we had a plan when we got to Utah. It was me and my buddy Troy and Doug. And, you know, we said we're going to hit a bunch of places, um, you know, the, the, the following day uh, once we started fishing. And, uh, um, you know, we'll see what we get. And I, I set a goal, kind of like a personal goal. And I was like, okay, I know these places and I know what are in these lakes. You know, there's some species, there's not a lot, but they're in there. So I was trying to go for, you know, five species of trout, like I said, cotton, cotton, uh, 24 hour period. So we started out at the first reservoir. Um, the first cast was a rainbow trout. Uh, seven casts later, I had the tiger trout. Um, so two, I had two out of the, out of the five good to go. Cool. Backed up, went to the next one. Went to the next reservoir. Now this place, you know, had a better population of brook trout. <laughs> so that's the one that, you know, that I was looking for there. Started walking the shoreline. You know, nothing went about halfway through the reservoir, um, a lot of mud, so it was kind of kind of a very tiring walk. And finally cast it out, hooked up to one, and ended up being a very beautiful male brook trout. This thing had bright colored fins. The colors were just phenomenal. Uh, got him in, took my picture, let him go. Started walking around, caught another one, let him go. Cool. Made it back to the truck. Then we went up to a creek. Started fishing the creek. On the way uh, uh, over by Panguitch Lake, um, you know, caught another fish in there, caught more tiger trout, uh, brook trout, and then rainbows. All right, so we had three species done. Or I'm sorry, that was four now because of the brook trout. And then from there, we went to uh, Panguitch Lake, You um, know, I walked down the shoreline, started making a couple casts, got bit, hooked up again, and this was a cutthroat. All right, so now I have four species. I needed one more. So then from Panguitch, we went to another spot, you know, that uh, that a couple guys, like I said, they a lot, of, a lot of guys, you know, helped me out with some intel that fish this area more. They kind of just told me some general areas, and, and it paid off because the last spot, uh, you know, parked, walked down, the, uh, the second cast, well, the first cast, I threw in, and I saw a big tail swoop behind the hookup bait, but missed. Threw it in the same spot again, hooked up, brought it in, and it ended up being a very, very healthy brown trout. So I was able to get all five species in a 24-hour period, which is considered a fantasy slam, uh, what they call it with the IGFA, um, for what I thought. So I'm thinking, okay, cool, you know, I just got the fantasy slam. I know there's only, you know, seven or eight people that's ever done that and officially been, you know, in the record books. Um, You know, so, you know, I was looking at it, but only a slight disappointment was that, the tiger trout because it is a hybrid uh, doesn't count as an official IGFA fantasy slam still i mean you still count you still got five species it's just that doesn't qualify you for the fantasy slam so basically what i qualified for is called a super grand slam which is four species of trout caught in the same day which is still awesome yeah. cuz i mean the list is very small that people i think there was like 11 uh, anglers that have done it on the list, uh, you know, certified with the IGFA. So what that does, it sets me, you know, next season, I set myself a goal that I'm going to find five species of trout in the same day. And instead of a tiger, I'm going for a lake trout. Um, that way I'll get, you know, the five species of trout, but it was, it was was all this. So
2: so basically, okay. Mm -hmm. The, um, keeping you six feet under actually, it runs true, okay. You came up short again. Yeah, you got you got close. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, Carson. I'll, I'll never be as short as you. Ca- but oh, I did come up oh as short. you just became, up, you <laughs> just became subterranean, bro. Okay, okay. But Carson, Carson, he didn't do all five. He only got four. What do you think?
4: I think he did an outstanding job. And, and, you know, and it, it, if you're in a red-hot bite, if you're in a red-hot bite of any species, and you're like, okay, I've caught enough of this species, we're leaving, and we're going to go try to catch something else, that's always hard to do.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I'll oh, tell you cow. what, you posted, uh, Carson posted a picture of a tiger trout, and it doesn't look like a tiger. Look, why don't they just call it a leopard trout? It looks more like a leopard <laughs> than uh, the sponsor, more like a leopard, aren't they, Carson, than a tiger?
4: Well, they're, they're hybrids, like, uh, like like Andrew said, and so every one of them is going to be probably a fair bit different, just because, uh, you know, there's no such thing really as standard coloration when you have hybrids of anything. You know, you get kind of an interesting mix that, that, that you haven't seen before every time.
2: Ah, okay. It still looks more like a leopard trout than a tiger trout to me, but that's okay. <laughs> All right. Um, how big were these fish?
0: Um, I would say they range from anywhere from two to four pounds. Um, nothing, I mean, nothing super big, but you know, to get a, a brook trout that size, I was more than ecstatic. I mean, you know, just, just to find, like I said, just to find, and these were the only fish that, that I really took pictures of. I mean, there was multiple in between that, you know, that let's just say, you know, rainbow trout, I caught, you know, five rainbows in a row. And then, you know, a tiger would show up or the cutthroat would show up, and then it would be, you know, 15 cutthroats and, you know, all that kind of stuff. But it was, Utah is just, it's turning into one of my top places to fish for trout. And it's like the more I learned, because this was only the second time I've ever been there. And, you know, most of these places I'd never fished them before. And, I mean, what really, what really made the difference, you know, fishing these spots was being consistent. And having the right gear, the right tackle, and, and just knowing pretty much what to look for. So, for instance, having a, a syndicate rod that's going to make, you know, my jig act the way it does, which, which turns out to be irresistible to these fish. Showing up with a yellow white hookup bait. Dipping it in the bite on crimson. It's like, I use all these things with two pound tests and, And I think the reason, you know, that that really helps, because these places do get a lot of pressure. Mm -hmm. But what really helps is a lot of these fish, I don't think, see this kind of stuff, you know, ever. So it's something new to them, whether they've been hooked before or not, um, you know, and released. Meaning that every time I see a local, you know, somebody who lives out there and fishes, you know, same as like Wyoming, different things like this they're using something completely different than I am. And, and I hate to say it, but I'm not seeing them catch anywhere the amount of fish that, you know, when it's when someplace that when we show up. And I think the problem is, you know, like for instance, I talked to a local, you know, when I was up there, he's using a 20 pound braid on his line and he's throwing a, a, a Panther Martin. That's, I mean, it's gotta be three inches long. And and I talked to him. I said, "Well, you know, what are you what are you using?" And he just said, "Oh, I'm I'm throwing this gold spinner, you know, and all this stuff." I go, "I well, I don't understand why you're using, you know, why is your line so thick?" And their concept is, because when I tell them it's two pound test, everyone always says, "Well, two pound test, you can only catch two pound fish with that." That doesn't make any sense. What happens if you catch a bigger one? And and to hear that, I mean, I kind of you know chuckle a little bit, but. You know, it's just, I think it's just, you know, being from where we're from, and that's a very common way to fish, you know, going to these other places. And, you know, I mean, they're still catching fish, but I would say, you know, I can catch 20 and they'll catch two, right. if that makes any sense. And, and, like I said, bringing the right stuff, the right tackle, the right gear, and having that same mindset of what to look for really pays off in these other, you know, these other states. You know, and it it all, I mean, it all starts, you know, with the knowledge, with the experience of just, you know, going out there and and making casts, and and once you dial something in that works so good, you know, it's just like, it's just keep doing that. You know, for example, I all five of those species was all caught the same way on the same bait. Hook up baits from shore, dipped and bite on, on the two-pound test, you know, with the syndicate rods. And it's like and 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 doing the same style in all these different bodies of water to be successful at catching these fish. That's a huge, huge part, you know, of you know getting out there. So again, if you're listening, I always recommend a good jigging rod like the Syndicate series. You have multiple ones to pick from. The two pound test, you know, hookup baits, and definitely bring extra cases of bite on because I'm dipping that thing so much. I go, I probably go through a bottle, if not three quarters of a bottle, every trip. Right. And And, I'll tell you what,
2: along with that, because you're right there, you know, uh, one of the things that Steve Carson introduced was PFA, Positive Fishing Attitude, and mm Seacrest, the six P's. The six P's is uh, prior planning prevents piss-poor performance, okay? And Mm -hmm. it's just like that. If you plan, if you prepare, if you have the right gear... Everything usually comes together, okay. I mean, you're trying to minimize the chances of getting it wrong. But anyway, let me uh, let me stop you right there for a second. I've got a captain on the line. I need to go to him, and that's Captain Don Ashley from Pier Point Landing. Good morning, Donnie.
5: Good morning, guys, and happy Veterans Day weekend. And uh, see a veteran, salute him, shake his hand, and you know, be proud of him. They're the ones who give us this life that we can enjoy so we can go fishing.
2: Yeah, you know, one of the things, I uh, was talking to a veteran about a year or so, ago or, so or so ago and said, you know what, stop saying thank you and just say, I remember. They like, I remember, okay? It's just, in other words, keep them in your memory. Keep them in your thoughts. And, um, you know, every everywhere you turn around, we got so many homeless that are veterans. It's shame. It's shameful. Very, very shameful. And um, unfortunately, I think we are we as citizens are going to have to take our matters into our own hands and take care of them ourselves because our government isn't. Okay? Uh, so many homeless, so many suffering in many, many ways. Uh, some physically and some mentally. Um, the physical is more obvious but the mental is the one that um, we don't see and the ones that need more attention and that's why we love to take them fishing donnie you take a veteran fishing and they forget anybody that's suffering from ptsd at least for that day for those hours that you're fishing they forget and you put them on a fish and they smile and if only for a brief moment we can bring them some peace and some fun oh and some happiness that's a big deal so and you have a lot to do with that you know you've got uh, the city of long beach and you have uh, the enterprise and you're on pier point landing you're always doing things for the kids for the veterans. so yeah you're a kindred spirit don ashley
5: well thank you for that you are too though. So. anyway i just wanted to say that and uh, you know still got this weekend to go fishing next weekend probably looks like winters here so it's. uh Local fishing's good. Lots of rockfish and sculping and uh, you know, like I say, this weekend's good weather. Next weekend, not so much. But they can hop on the Enterprise. Goes at six o'clock in the morning, and the city launch goes at ten o'clock. And they can do that on uh, and If I don't talk to you guys before happy holidays, and like I said, you're right. Maybe saying uh, I remember is better than saying thank you. But either way, just. Show appreciation and be thankful for what you and I have.
2: Amen. All right. So tell them, how do they book a trip on uh, on any of the boats at a Pierpoint Landing?
5: They go to onlinepierpoint.net And uh, if they need to call somebody, 562-983-9300. And, like I said, it's going to be a beautiful weekend and then not so much Next week, but then we'll be right back out of there and then the holidays will be coming on and we're still doing the kids fish free. We're even doing it on the weekend. Loads are
2: light, so if they want to take it All right, well you got it. Don, I gotta take right. a I gotta take a break. Thank you so much, no problem, my friend. Happy right. Thanksgiving and we'll uh, happy Veterans Day and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Donnie. Uh, all right folks. Angels Radio AM eight thirty KLA Angler Chronicles with Brett
4: back. And I see They taught
5: me how
6: to put that uniform on. Angels Radio. AM 830. Ron, these sunglasses
3: are nice. Yes, Sergio. Inferno USA Eyewear, they are great. They were created eight years ago to provide a far superior product with an unbeatable lifetime warranty. You like the burn Hi, it's Captain Dave Marciano here. I'm wicked excited to tell you about my new website, AngelicaSeafoods.com, where you can now order fresh, local New England seafood shipped overnight right to your door. Go to AngelicaSeafoods.com.
6: Angels Radio,
3: AME30. He's
5: got a corner lot on Dogwood Drive year old truck and a nine to five comes home at night to a pretty wife with a baby dude he'll sleep in on saturday cut the grass if it don't rain after church he'll watch the game and have a beer too he'll stand up when he hears the anthem and now
2: Welcome back, everybody. This is Angels Radio AM 830 KLIA, and we are Angler Chronicles. And we're celebrating Veterans Day, but not just today. We celebrate it every day. We are very, very grateful for everything that uh, these brave men and women have done. You remember that this country will remain the land of the free as long as it is the home of the brave. And um, I know I say that, and we joke with um, the earthworm here. Andrew but um, you went you went Andrew and um, I I appreciate you for that because certainly I don't appreciate you for the short jokes and all the other underground (laughs) stuff that you are but it's all it's all good it's all good it's all good all right so um, having said that let me go back and um, it's good to hear from uh, Don Ashley Pierpoint Landing does a lot for our veterans okay so appreciate that appreciate his friendship all right finish up
0: so yeah so I mean as like I said as far as Utah there's just there's so many different opportunities you know to, to different lakes it's kind of like every reservoir holds fish every creek you know they so many different species out there so being that the second time you know that I've ever been there um, was that epic I mean I can't wait to go back and like I said and hopefully find five species of trout again but Without the tiger this time, looking for a lake trout or a golden trout, you know, to to fill out that uh you know that uh, that fantasy slam. But like I said, it's still the four species is still you know awesome to get you know as far as that for the the super grand slam there with the IGFA. So you know it's just it's just it's just fun stuff going out there. Now to bring it back home, um, a big stocking uh, that was uh, this week uh, was Lake Hemet. Uh, now a lot of guys have been waiting for him at the stock, you know, for Mount Lassen. So on Tuesday, um, you know, the stock came in. They brought 4,000 pounds of trout from Mount Lassen. Uh, and this was 3,500 pounds of rainbows and 500 pounds of lightning trout. And these lightnings, they came in big. They were, they were between 3 to 7 pounds um, for lightnings. And, and, you know, that's a really good-sized fish, um, you know, for being stocked um, in that lake. And it you know the first day, you know, once they stopped, I know guys went out there the same day, and it was they were very spotty, they didn't get a lot. you know, the next day, once the fish kind of got acclimated, I always say once they stretch out their fins, um, you know, then they started eating, uh, you know, people are catching more. and uh, it's been that way, you know, since early this week that that a lot of guys have been out there. you know, they're either getting them from shore. Um, now that the fish have kind of moved off a little bit, um, now you're getting the, uh, uh, you know, the boat guys are getting them, um, you know, kind of offshore. And then, of course, you know, the eagles, the two bald eagles that are out there, they're getting them every day. So there's been some really good videos, um, you know, of that stuff. Um, now this year, um, right now, is an also big transition uh, for not only trout fishing. Um, start looking for the lakes that hold the stripers. Stripers are going to be in there, you know. Once the you know, they're going to be stocking trout, and the big fish come up, you know, from wherever they're hiding. Uh, and this is the time to get your swim baits out, you know. Get your depths, get your, uh, uh, you know, get get everything that looks like a big trout, and start throwing, you know, and take your time. You know, they always call those fish uh, what is it? Fish of a, a, a thousand casts, pretty much. And you know, you're casting, 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 and then the time that you get blown up on. You know, could be could be your ten to twenty pound striper. You know, and uh, some of the local lakes like uh, Pyramid, you know, Castaic, Silverwood, uh, Diamond Valley, um, even Paris Lake. Uh, believe it or not, is um, you know kicking out some better fish. I know that a few anglers, um, you know, before the trout start coming in, you know, they're trolling out there with uh, you know with different uh, um, uh, different like a fly lure, um, you know, hair a hair jig pretty much on lead core. Um, and that's producing them, but, you know, same thing. And then, you know, same thing for, you know, for these big fish. It's just cast after cast after cast and don't give up, and it should pay off. And as far as freshwater, we can go into our favorite lake, Mm -hmm. uh, if you like. Um, And this place, you know, everyone knows Lake Elsinore is just, I mean, Jonathan's out there, you know, smacking fish left and right. So many anglers are out there getting them. And it's not just one species, it's catfish, they're catching wipers. I know the wipers are in that 14 to to 18 inch range now. Um, And again, if you catch a wiper, it is legal to keep them, but I always recommend throwing them back because they are there for a reason, and that's to get big enough to start eating the carp, um, you know, and then help that carp population out there. Um, But same thing, you know, there's wipers biting. The bass are always biting mid lake. Uh, The carp are biting right now, you know, on dough bait, you know. But they're also getting the carp on the same thing as everything else, and that's the mac bites. For some reason, those mac bites, they're so effective at that lake, every species of fish will eat them. I mean, you you can get them on a mac bite. You'll get a wiper, a catfish, a bass, and a carp all on the same bait, and we've seen it during Dream Extreme. Right, and and what do I say? Uh What
2: are are the two requirements for fishing Lake Elsinore?
0: Structure Uh is one, Uh and the second one,
2: bite on. What's the second one? Bite on. Bite on. You have structure and bite on, you'll catch fish. (laughs) Those are the that's the two the two keys. Okay, Um, and one of the main reasons is that there's not a lot of structure in Lake Elsinore, so when you do find it, guess where all the fish are. So uh, yeah, it's a wonder. It, it's a great way to uh, fish that lake. I mean, we, we got on a pontoon and first couple casts we had catfish already during the Dream Extreme. It's funny because um, we happened to have the camera going and um, um, let's see. Uh, William caught one, Tony caught one, I caught one, and it was in three casts. Okay, had a we put out some of the uh, hookup bait. Not at the hookup bait, the um, uh, McBites Oh, McBaits, I uh, always say it wrong. It's the marinated uh, mackerel that he sells uh, and bite on. And I'll tell you what, threw it out there and almost instantly. What I didn't realize is that I just picked up a rod, okay, that was on the boat. One of the rods that was on the boat was Ron's rod, okay, his, um, his light, okay. Um, it was brand new from uh, Fishing Syndicate. And he had given me the bundle so, you know, I gave Tony his, and William had grabbed mine, and Ron's was on the boat, and I just, well, they were using my, the rod, so I just grabbed that rod, cast it out, didn't even realize I was on two-pound test, so that was, that was kind of fun. Okay, but um, lots of fish at Lake Elsinore, lots of fun at Lake Elsinore, and the beautiful thing about Lake Elsinore is that you're not, you know, some of these lakes you go to, there's nothing around you. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you physically got to... There's just nothing around you. Okay, the nice thing about the city of Lake Elsinore is you got Launch Point. You can go get a bite to eat. Uh, right there. If not, you can get out of there, and, and as soon as you get on Riverside Drive, I mean, you've got you know Honey's. We've we always gone to. You've got Jack's Barbecue around the there. You've got. I mean, you just keep going and going and going and going. There, there's so many great restaurants. Go to Main Street. You know, have a stroll. It's a couple of beautiful blocks that you just walk. Stores, old school, and you have two great Mexican. Uh, restaurants there as well, and as you can see, I love to eat, and they have very good food there. And then, and then you know what? Finish up the night at the casino. Go to CJs, get your dinner, get get some drinks, and you get some gambling in there as well. So it's the uh, the trifecta. Okay, food, fishing, fun, and I, I can gambling is I can doesn't doesn't start with an F, but <laughs> I would say three Fs: fishing, food. Fambling? Well that didn't didn't go well. But anyway, yeah, absolutely. Lake Elsinore, one of our certainly one of our favorite places. Okay. So all righty. Is that it, Earthworm? Earth you, red you, red only, water, it. you only Let's took three talk. segments. You even talked three segments. And we haven't oh, even well. put we haven't even put some salt on this thing yet. And I need to put some salt oh, on oh, this
4: Oh, you know what?
0: I, I forgot to say one more thing. So Guess who just got a brand new fishing syndicate green monster, but in her own colors. Well, it has to Erica. be Erica. Okay, good. Yeah, I ordered yep. it for her. I ordered it for her. You <laughs> he ordered it for her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we went. Uh, we went to the uh, um, the syndicate uh, uh, event um, a couple weeks back, and I was talking to Oliver, and she's sitting there, she's looking at the green monsters, and then she has that look and looks at me. She goes, you know. I love fishing with you, but it would be nice to have my own rod. And I was like, uh-oh, here it goes. Okay, so then we walked over to the wall with all the different colors of the wraps and everything like that, and she picked out a color that she liked. I took a picture of it. You know, the next day, sent it to Oliver, and then GT, you know, started putting it together, and uh, yesterday we picked it up, and this thing is just,
9: <laughs>
0: I mean, she picked a good color because it matches with, with, the, with the blank. And it's it's ready to go. So now uh, I would say in about a half an hour, when she wakes up, we're going to go down to uh you know to the lake here and start seeing if we can get her on a fish. Negative, just- negative. If
2: she's not awake, she ain't going. You tell her. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. She'll be awake.
2: <laughs> well, look, she's not awake to say good morning to me. If she ain't going. Oh man! So I highly <laughs> recommend you wake her up before the end of the show. And you get her online and you see she has to say Sergio good morning. If not, I'll have it, that rod you taken away from I'll have the you rod taken away. Other- I'll have the rod taken away. That easy.
0: So so the other day she she asked me, I go, Hey, I go, you know, we're gonna go to Mount Lakes for this weekend. And she looks at me and she goes, Um, when when can we go fishing with Sergio again?
2: <laughs> you know what? We'll make that happen. We'll make that happen. Uh-huh. I'll get us Sunday, we'll take you on the Center <laughs> Con I mean this Sunday. I I think we're on the El Dorado, so I won't be able to. But uh, we'll get a Sunday in there right after Thanksgiving. Winter are always my favorite things. Favorite time of the year to go out in the ocean. We were talking that with Ron on the way in. One of the things you know during the summer you get that wind that comes up in the afternoon. In the winter that that shifts, that changes, and uh, yes, it's colder, but less wind, better seas. Okay, obviously you don't go out in a storm, but I mean, you know, just on a regular day, uh, the ocean can be a lot calmer. Okay, and uh, the bigger fish will bite in the winter, and that's what I like. So we will definitely make it happen. Okay, you tell, but she, but tell her this: she has to get up and say good morning before the end of the show. If not, it ain't gonna happen. Tom, all right, now, take, you know what? I'm
9: going to wake go her up.
2: You gotta go wake her up okay all right but while you're doing that let me start putting some sh- some salt on this and and go to Steve and Steve it's November it's almost Thanksgiving and I'm gonna I can't believe that we're all we're still into tuna and when we come back from the break I want you to really get into this and when was you know this phenomenon that we've been living for the last 10 years I mean, I think people are beginning to get tired of it. Okay. And it's, um, we need to remind them of the way it used to be. So hang on tight, Steve. We'll talk to you there and, we, and, and so many more things. All right, folks, you're on Angels Radio, AM 830 KLA. This is Angler Chronicles, and we'll bring it back.
6: Every song must stay. So I throw
9: up my hands and praise you again and again.
6: Cause all that I have is a heart.
8: Angels Radio,
5: AMA 30.
9: Angels Radio, AM 830.
2: Welcome back, everybody on Angels Radio, AM 830-K-L-A-A, and this is Angry Chronicles. uh, Steve, before I go to you, let me go ahead and go to line one. And I've got um, Agar, okay? That's Mia, who's not here, his mom, and the mother of a veteran. Good morning, Agar.
6: Good morning, everybody. And I just want to say thank you, thank you, you guys, for everything you do for our military. And I want to tell everybody to remember that Armed Forces Day is for those still in uniform. Correct. Memorial Day is for those who never made it out of their uniform. And today is Veterans Day for those who hang up their uniform and for those who are still serving. And thank you for all you do for our military, taking them fishing and collecting toys. And you guys are just...
2: Well, oh, thank, thank you, Agar. You. Thank you, and thank you to my son Eddie. Yes, and we we we, we remember Eddie, and let me say something to you. Um, and I think a good marine will tell you this. And we've got uh, uh, now Eddie was a marine, correct? Yes. Okay. Correct. And, 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 and yeah, and so is uh, Earthworm Andrew. And and the one thing is this: one, <laughs> it's not that they retired the uniform; they just. Once a Marine, always a Marine. That's what they say. Oh yeah. Okay. And I played a song here recently, in the last few songs, and it says, you know that they're they're willing to put on the uniform anytime that they call them back. They are willing and able and and ready to go, and that that's what makes them so unique. So, special happy birthday to all the dogs out there. Okay, oh, yes. the Marine Corps, 248 years yesterday. They
6: all look good.
2: Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Agar,
3: thank you for everything that you do as well, and uh, thank you for the compliment. But it's our pleasure to do what we can. Thank you. Thank you All right. Well, listen. You All won't.
6: right. You guys have a good day, and thank you again to everybody.
3: Well, thank
2: you, Agar, for calling in. And I'll tell you what, uh, make sure that you uh, wake your son up and tell him where was he.
6: Oh,
2: Mia is not Mia. Yeah. It's not, it's not Mio. It's not Mio. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. You take Bye. care, buddy. We'll talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. All right. Steve Carson, have at it, brother. I forgot what the question was. <laughs> oh, my Lord. It's November. <laughs> Too much tuna. <laughs> Would you yeah, please I'll remind. Would you please remind this new generation of fishermen what it was like 10 years ago?
4: Well, well, not even 10 years ago. Eight years ago, before 2016, something happened. Now, we always had bluefin tuna in California. Some years were pretty good. Some years were not very good at all. I can remember the occasional year where, at least me, I never caught one. Um, and even when you caught them, You know, they were basically the same size as the albacore, maybe a little bit bigger. You know, a 25-pounder you were pretty happy with. And if you caught a 50-pounder, that was very likely your personal best. Mm -hmm. And if you caught a 100-pounder somehow, I keep saying you, but uh, (laughs) uh, if somebody caught a 100-pounder, that could easily have been the biggest one of the year prior to 2016 the california state record for bluefin tuna was 240 pounds and in the entire history of california before that there'd be maybe three or four or five total caught over two hundred pounds very very few i mean people think back to those glory days uh... before world war one uh... they did catch a lot of big bluefin but the tackle was terrible So, really, the big ones that they were catching back then were like 100, 150 pounds. They hooked the bigger ones, but they didn't land them. And now, remember, 2016, California record, 240 pounds. Right Mm -hmm. now, the California state record is 396 pounds, and that's because the 412-pounder they caught two years ago was fought by seven people, so it didn't count as a record.
2: So and think is. and think of the ones that have gotten away, that we know.
3: Yeah.
2: All right, because it's just like the border. You don't know all the gotaways, okay? And, um, yeah, yeah, you see, you see how I worked that in there, Ron? Ron just gave me a look. Yeah, all, all the, I'm going to call them illegal aliens. So that's what they are. I'm a, I'm a legal alien. I came here with all papers. But uh, let me tell you, uh, we're not happy. That anybody can just jump the fence. But think of the ones that aren't caught. Same thing with the tuna. You know, you got a 400, and you said 413, 420?
4: 412 was actually landed uh-huh. just off, of, off the backside of Catalina, wow. but it was multiple anglers, so it didn't count for the record. Yeah, but fig- fig- figure was- the
2: size of the ones that we haven't caught. But the ones that busted people off. I mean, I've heard from you know. I mean, you know, Ben's always after that prize tuna, and he tells me, "Sir, there's fish I could not stop and just watch all my lines just go away." Hey, hey,
3: Steve, I have a question. Wouldn't that be just even if it was fought with by seven people? Wouldn't that be a, a line class record? No. No. No, no, really, you
2: can't, you can't. You can't share it. You know, it cannot be touched to by one. Wow. In fact, even even if the rod touches the uh, rail, it's no good. But um,
4: in but, fact, in fact, if you tried that, Andrew would go to your house and hunt you your dog.
2: Yeah, yeah okay, he would cool. hunt you down. <laughs> All right, so yeah, well, yeah, absolutely. So again, um, and, and keep going, okay? Because you were talking. You know, people don't understand, and they take for granted. The, the great fishing that we have right now I mean it's mid-november okay and the Dorado is coming back with almost limits if not limits of tuna every single time and with big boys one or at least one or two fish over a hundred most of the fish 40, 40 to 50 pounds
4: the, the, the new Luan had a had a trip that, that came back a couple days ago but this week um, where every single person not only do they limit out I mean that's almost like
9: Oh, yeah, well, they limited out again,
4: big deal. Uh, every person on the boat had at least one bluefin over 100 pounds. And that's just like, that's that's incredible. That's impossible. And, it, and I, I think what you're getting at with, no, with the fact that it's November is that the main body of the fish, for whatever reason, no longer seem to migrate away in the wintertime. Um, they used to do that um, they they may back off a little bit they may go off into deep water in January and February but they they're really they can go back to Japan now the big ones do once they get up to uh, you know spawning size which depending on who you talk to is you know maybe around 300 350 pounds they get a little bigger than that then they go all the way across the Pacific back to the Sea of Japan to spawn um, there's been a little bit of Uh, uh, conjecture that there may or may not be some spawning on our side of the Pacific. Nobody's proved it. There's definitely disagreements on that. But um, the the thing that we forget is people say, well, I wish we had albacore back. Well, it'd be great to have albacore and the bluefin. That'd be a lot of fun. To have them both. But to swap them, no, I don't want to do it because we forgot how small the albacore were. Now everybody points to that. Well, there was one about a three-week run, 40 years ago almost, a really big albacore. Basically, that were the you know those fish got took a wrong turn at the equator and ended up here. And yeah, that's great. Uh, some of them were up to over 70 pounds. There's actually a 90-pounder caught off Santa Cruz. But most of the migratory albacore, most years, were in the 18 to 22-pound range. Some years they were like 14 to 16. Some years we got real lucky and they were maybe 24 to 30 pounds if we if we were lucky. I, you know, I mean, that's just how big they were. Mm-hmm. And we forgot that, and and they fought a lot because we mostly used light line for abucure. We had anchovies as bait.
2: Well hold on to that hold on to that thought and we gotta go to break and we come back I know we'll talk to the sheriff and the sheriff remembers the albacore. Okay, we talk about it all the time with him. Okay, so let me uh, hold on to that thought and folks we're gonna take our first hour break. Wow, Angels Radio AM eight thirty K L A. This is Angler Chronicles and again happy Veterans Day. We'll be right back.
3: Together. Imagine having all the money you need for retirement, all the income, every month, guaranteed. That's Secure Future Investor, an indexed annuity tied to growth in the stock market, but without any risk of loss ever. It's guaranteed money for life income, no matter how long you live. Call 888-509-2228. 888-509-2228. Sponsored by GP Agency, Inc., Raleigh, North Carolina. Licensed in all states. Performance may vary. Consult with your financial professional before making an investment decision. Tomorrow on Compass Media Network's coverage of the NFL. Longtime NFC East foes collide in Week 10 as the Dallas Cowboys host the New York Giants. Hi, this is Jerry Recco. Join Kevin Ray, Danny White, myself for all the action as the Cowboys look to bounce back with a divisional win. Can Prescott and Parsons get the Cowboys back on track? Or will Saquon Barkley and the Giants play spoilers on the road? It's the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Giants. If it's the NFL, it's right here.
6: On AM 830 KLAA.
0: Angels Radio AMA 30 KLA.
6: Orange County, Los Angeles. And Inland Empire.
0: Where Angels Baseball lives. The following is a paid program. Opinions expressed are those of the program sponsors and not
2: necessarily the views of AMA 30 KLAA, its owners or management. Any and all on-air promotions broadcast during paid programming are the sole responsibility of the show owner and not the responsibility
5: of AMA 30 KLAA.
1: Welcome back to hour number two with more fishing, more hunting, and more adventures on Angler Chronicles.
2: Welcome back, everybody. This is Angels Radio, AM 830 KLA, and this Angler Chronicles. We're trying to get a hold of Danny. I guess he's having a problem calling in, but we'll try to call him. Alayla, you got the number? Oh, oh, there he is. There he is. There he is. I can hear him. All right, we'll get Danny on uh, here shortly. Um, but again, um, happy Veterans Day and as we oh there he is there he is you can tell because this music comes on without further ado the director god the director listen to me the ceo of filmdom the sheriff the jig slinger himself that if he walked out on angel stadium right now there's a lot of dirt there's a lot of monster trucks and if you want to see a monster cast on a surface iron You'd go to the Jigslinger himself, Mister Danny Jackson.
8: Good morning, Sheriff. Hey, good morning, Sergio, Steve Carson, Ron, and I don't know. I'm not sure if Andrew is still there, but good he's still there, to Andrew. And he's still underground.
2: Morning. He's still underground and <laughs> going deeper every day.
8: Well, you know, I, I, let, me, let me tell Andrew. You know, I, I was in the Navy, not the Marine Corps, but I, I do, I do know what Semper Fidelis means. I always think of Semper with a Spanish word, Siempre, which means always.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: And of course, Fidelis, uh, I think of fidelity or loyalty or, or faithfulness. You know, it's, it's their Latin words, of course, but uh, yeah, I knew that a long time ago. But anyways.
2: Well, let me let me tell you uh, something. Uh, Carson tried to uh, correct me privately, and it says, always loyal. And it's always faithful, um, <laughs> but it, it's all good. It's all good. All right, Carson. What are you? Are you trying to send me in more more messages here? My computer. Oh a yeah,
4: little. I told you
2: so. <laughs> no, but you know, it's it's same thing, same thing. Okay, it's um, uh, always faithful, always loyal. Uh, in Latin, it can be interpreted in, in both ways. Um, I studied a little bit of Latin back in Argentina, Carson, did you? It, no,
4: I didn't study anything. Then, at anything.
2: Hush, puppy. Hush. <laughs> All right, let
4: That'd me
9: let... good one, Steve. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thank uh, you, Steve. Uh-huh,
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. Hush, <laughs> hush, hush. All oh, right, boy, Carson. Boy. Uh, I, I mean, um, Sheriff, uh, go ahead and tell them
8: what you were going to tell him. I know where, where you're going with well, this, Navy... Yeah, I... We we've, we've got a special uh, episode we're going to air tomorrow, but I was going to tell you that um you 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 always remember the Marine Corps birthday. Do you ever remember the Navy's birthday that was on October thirteenth, or did I miss it this year? I don't know. Maybe Can I, I tell you it.
2: something? And this is this is I'm going to let you know something a little personal, and why I don't. Okay. I, why sure. October thirteenth? Um, it's a rough day for me. Okay, and that's the that's the day my grandfather died.
9: Okay, and no, I remember that.
2: that. D- yeah, I remember that dearly. I was very very close to both my grandfathers, but the David, the one that was here in the U.S. Um, and he died with me at his side at the hospital. And it, it's a very, and, and you know that when I do my day in history on Facebook, I always put the Navy's birthday, just like I did yesterday for the uh, Marines. And I know that you, yeah. maybe things of what, what you think of the uh, Marines as your little brothers, okay, because you have to transport them. It's part of the Navy, okay. So, uh, Earthworm, there's somebody else you have to salute there right here.
8: Okay. No, you know, no, Sergio. You know that that's really not true. Nobody has to salute me, but but um, no, the the you know, there's always been the I, I call it the friendly rivalry between the Navy and the and the Marine Corps. You know, I, I knew a lot of Marines in Vietnam. We we landed in the my job in the Navy. I was in what's called um, the amphibs, the amphibious Navy Gator Navy. It's called. I was in an amphibious assault group. But we landed Marines. We picked up Marines in Okinawa. We landed, I was in three major uh, amphibious landings in Vietnam. And, and these Marines, let me tell you, we put those guys ashore, then we got the heck out of there. <laughs> you know, we went back to the Philippines and drank San Miguel beer. So, <laughs> so uh, you know, they they had a they had a tough job. Marine Marine Corps had a tough job in Vietnam and. And uh, you know, my hat's off to them So well, so the yeah,
2: marine yeah. marines have to be the toughest ones, other than the army, of course. Okay, army's got to, you know to be the best of all the armed forces.
8: Well, I was okay. army. Look, we got
2: army, navy, marines here. Okay, I was army. Um, you were navy, and um, uh, well, earthworm was the marine. You know, I, I know such great marines. I just don't know too many though. They're six feet. Six feet under sounds bad now. Okay, uh,
8: you know when, when, I Sergio, <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. when I think of
2: yeah, sounds like yeah, I think of marine. St- yeah, go when ahead. I
8: think of the Marine Corps. I think of Mike Lane. Of course, he's uh, uh, we we you, you never say former or ex marine to uh, to a marine. You Once know, a marine, uh, always the, a marine. Always a marine. Well, you know, it's the same way with sailors. We mm. don't say that a lot, but it's the same way. And you were talking about people saying thank you for this, your service. You know, that gets said to me a lot. And, and, but you know what I tell people, except for my tour in Vietnam, which got a little hairy at times, I had more, for, more fun in my four years in the Navy than most people do in a lifetime. Tell them you were so, fishing
2: for Dorado off
8: the I boat. I actually caught Dorado in Vietnam. Yes, I did. <laughs> and not many, not many uh, people are going to say that. Okay. And, you know what I really enjoyed was uh, watching the Marines when we were aboard our ship set up fifty caliber machine guns on the forecastle and shoot at flying fish just just for something to do. <laughs> well, and, you know uh, what I, I will I tell I you
2: had- this, and Carson put a, put something up here, and um, you are older than the than the Marines. You're two hundred forty fifth. 245th, the 248th, yeah, so three years older, but um, again, very, very important uh, branches. Not as important as the Army, but that's okay. You know, we, we love you anyway. We love you anyway.
8: Well, okay, Surge. And okay, in the Battle of the Branches,
2: too. in the Battle of the Branches, they've done two of them, and both times have been won by us, the Army. Thank you very much.
8: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, I was going to mention Battle of, of the Branches because... You know, at Angler, let's get back to Angler Chronicles in modern day. You know, uh, we, we've done uh, several episodes with and for uh, the, the armed forces and veterans and mm-hmm. what have you. You know, we have one of my favorites is Heroes on the Water in San Diego, you know, fishing sand bass and spotties mm-hmm. down by the Coronado Bay Bridge. And, of course, Battle of the Branches, you mentioned that. Well, anyway, tomorrow let's let's cut to the chase here. Um, tomorrow we're going to run uh, another one of my favorites. It's called Anna, Operation Anna Kappa, where we take veterans fishing. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. And you know, it was aboard a board of gentlemen out of Cisco's, and and uh, it was great fishing, bottom fishing. You know, lots of reds and ling's, and great fishing. But uh, you interview a lot of veterans, and these are guys that you know just don't get a chance to go fishing. I I was fortunate when I, when I joined the Navy, I was a fisherman already. I've been fishing since I was eight years old. You know, I, I joined the Navy thinking that everybody in the Navy must like to fish, right? Not true. I, I, I had trouble finding guys, hey, let's go fishing on you know, the Philippines. Uh, fishing was good. Nobody wanted to go fishing. There were other things to do, Sergio. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, um, no, I, I did, I did a lot of fishing over there and, uh, course john collins is my very good friend you know we served in vietnam together and of course he he stayed in the navy made a made it a career and then but half of his the rest of his career was, was in out of uh, fisherman's landing mm-hmm. in san diego you know he was a captain down there and of course steve knows uh, john carson uh, john uh, john john collins and not but anyway let's get back to the show operation Anacap aboard the gentleman and um cisco's talk about it Sergio. You, know, you interviewed well several, yeah I, I, uh, yeah we,
2: this is with uh, mission fish a great organization that early on in their uh start okay they were just starting up we brought a little bit of attention and uh, that that group has grown tremendously uh mission fish and they they take primarily Wounded veterans, to and, and wounded also means PTSD, okay? Um, that, that's the one, that, believe it or not, that I worry the most about, post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and we get a chance to take them out and show them a good time. And, um, again, you put a smile on, on their faces, and I don't know how long it lasts, you know, if it lasts a day, a, a few minutes, or, the, or a week, okay, or throughout the year, the happiness that they felt. But it's something that we can give back and anything that we can give. Uh, we're what we we love to give back. So, heroes on the water, uh, ballad of the branches, mission fish. We try to help wherever we can, and also with everything that Agar does. You know, Agar does. Um, she ships to this day boxes and boxes of needed items for our our military. Okay, it, it's the simplest stuff that we take for granted. I mean, you believe it or not, socks. They need socks. Okay they need toothbrushes they need toothpaste and uh, they don't always get it in some of the places where they're at so uh, that's the way yeah. that is yeah 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 well listen oh, before oh, you go but before you go um and we got Steve here we had started talking a little bit about albacore and you remember the albacore runs okay and, oh my gosh yes all right so the albacore do you from your memory what was the average size of an albacore
8: Average size. Well, back in the day, they did get a little bit bigger. But in the average day, I'd say 18 pounds, 20 pounds. That was probably the average. That's what's
2: in the 50s. Yeah, and that's what Steve was saying. Because, you know, uh, the the whole conversation here was um, I think that we have spoiled our fishermen. Okay, they go out now and they catch a 40 pound bluefin or yellowfin. And it's no big deal anymore, and I'm like, yeah, all right. All right. Or, or or those guys like Steve said that say, you know, I wish the albacore were running, and then they're oh they were only eighteen pounds. You know, I don't know how much better albacore is than yellowfin, but I would venture to say you you really can't tell the difference. Okay.
8: Well, let, I'm let not me, a fish
2: me, eater. Me, I'm not a fish eater. Okay. Let, let, me, let
8: me make a suggestion, Sergio, if I may, please. Mm-hmm. Okay. In my humble opinion, okay, opinions vary. In my humble opinion, I've eaten every kind of tuna there is, at least locally, and uh, there, there's nothing, in my opinion, that beats on the plate the albacore, the white meat tuna. I love it. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I wish we were still catching some of them. You know, maybe someday we will. Who knows? But, but um, I think, uh, unquestionably, albacore is much better. I, don't get me wrong, I, I love all tuna. And, but, but uh, Kat, I remember Kathy and I we, I had a, several great trips back in the right after Kathy and I got married in the early 70s, late 60s. But uh, we, we canned some albacore one day. She swore to she swore she would never do that again because it was way too much work. But uh, boy, that canned, that home canned uh, in mason jars, of course. Okay. Listen, oh, Danny, oh I gotta gosh. take
2: take a short break. Stay with okay, me. Okay, listen, Stay-
8: I'll, I'll let you guys go. Okay, I'll let you guys go. We'll see you at okay. Mel's then. Okay, at uh, Mel's seven thirty. Okay, you got Let's
2: it. All right, okay. folks, Angels Radio, AM eight thirty KLA. Angler Chronicles. We'll be right back.
5: For success,
6: from my head down to my boots, I don't do it for all the money. There's bills
5: that I can't pay. I don't do it for all the glory. Just do it anyway, providing for our futures
0: my responsibility. Your silver and black play here on AMA 30 KLAA.
3: Raiders football lives here on AMA 30 L A A.
6: American girls and American guys, we'll always stand up and salute.
2: We'll always recognize when we see old glory flying. There's a lot of men dead so we can sleep in peace at night when we lay down our heads my daddy served in the army we lost his well, welcome back everybody this is angels radio am 830 KLA angler chronicles and um you know too bad he had to go there steve because i was going to bug him a little more about the albacore but you just posted up this um know your tuna i love all five species you want to go through that um that poster a little bit Carson? ...to
4: it so that I can make sure I can see it.
2: Okay. Well, you it says, know your tuna. is you put the list the skipjack, albacore, yellowfin, big eye, and bluefin. That's what we can get in Southern California. we haven't seen the albacore because the water, I think, is just way too warm for them. They go on the outside and keep going. They're like a little chillier water. What I love about this particular meme is that you have their traits, the length, that's for you, their earthworm length and maximum weight. And then what are they used for? Okay, and then the health of the stock. But um, the yellowfin seems to be the more variety of use. Okay, you can can it, you can steak it, you can sushi it. Where all the other ones seem to be, you know, more favorable to one thing versus another. Okay, people don't realize how much skipjack we consume when you buy chunk tuna. Okay, in a can
4: Skipjack got uh, a, a bad rap somewhere along the line, and it goes back to the same thing with Benita. It goes back to, and and Danny and me were definitely part of that, that generation where everything you caught, uh, even up to day and a half trips, went into a burlap sack right. that was sitting out in the sun. Now, maybe if you were lucky, the deckhand squirted the burlap sack down with the, with the decos, kept it a little bit cooler and maybe maybe he didn't
9: mm-hmm. and
4: so uh, both your bonita on inshore fishing and your skipjack on offshore fishing did not fare very well under those conditions um, they didn't uh, compared to some of the other species also when cutting uh, both skipjack and Bonita uh, there you know there's a little bit of a bloodline in the middle of the fillet and you have to cut that out it, it's you know like one extra step it's not very hard people don't do it, and to this day, in fact, there's people out there, I can hear you through the internet, I can hear you through the internet <laughs> and through the phone, sitting there at home, and going, some version of, oh, those Bonita Skipjack, they're nothing but cat food. Um, that's because of that kind of treatment uh, back in the day. People got used to thinking, oh, they're no good, I'm not going to eat them, but Skipjack is actually the most eaten species of tuna in the United States. If you buy canned tuna in the store and it just says tuna, it's Skipjack. Right. It says something like solid white albacore or in Trader Joe's it's actually pretty cool. They actually label the species of tuna that's that you know that's in the can. But if you just buy tuna at at the store and it doesn't say something like solid white albacore, it's Skipjack. With a sprinkle of and,
2: dolphin, but that's okay. <laughs> well, that's
4: you know, that, that's like adding pepper. That's like um,
2: adding pepper. Yeah,
4: <laughs> it's just a little extra spice. But um, that, the other thing is, is albacore um, are not caught with dolphins. and so uh, and and neither are skipjack, but, but yellowfin can be. Um, you know, in, in not in the United States, but in other countries. Um, some of the dolphin-safe rules don't apply, but in the USA, everything's dolphin-safe.
2: Right. All right. So again, so uh, skipjack is, like, and this is in a hierarchy. That's probably the bottom of the barrel. And yeah, I know that it's it's good and everything else, Dolphins
4: but say, that's, uh, Sergio, skipjack properly cut with the bloodline taken out in a fillet is not similar to. It is exactly the same as yellowfin.
2: So you eat sushi out of it.
4: I don't eat
2: sushi, get out of here. Okay, so that's a thing, yeah, so would you, yeah, sushi levels I think are yellowfin and bluefin. Um, But it's okay, I mean, you know, I don't eat sushi either. What I was fascinated about this list is, believe it or not, is the difference in size of the tuna, their, when they reproduce, and their lifespans, okay? That really got my attention. So let me take the IGFA guy there. Earthworm, you still with us? Earthworm.
4: He went to sleep.
2: He better wake no, up. No, I'm still here. Okay. I'm standing in line. Let's, oh, you're standing in line where? Uh, Mountain Lakes to get a fishing pass. Did you go wake her up? She's no. got a half an hour. If not, <laughs> she doesn't get the rod and she doesn't go fishing. Okay. I'll, I'll go shake the trailer. Back. Okay, so you know uh, what? What's the biggest? What's the maximum weight of a skipjack?
9: Uh,
2: no, 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 uh, no, no! no. The earthworm. The earthworm. Why oh, is okay. Earthworm. Do you know? You're IGFA. I'm putting you on this spot. I love this. You you do a short joke. Guess what you get?
0: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it it it's got to be like what? 18 pounds? 20 pounds? Oh,
9: no, much bigger.
2: 73 pounds. What is the uh, maximum size of an albacore? Uh, 80 and 87, right? 88. You got close. Very, very good. Yellowfin.
0: Uh,
2: Yellowfin. uh, Was it 460,
0: 480? 427. Big Eye Tuna. Big Eye Tuna. Uh... Probably
2: two, two something? No, it's got a bigger eye, so it weighs more than a yellowfin, so it's 462 pounds. <laughs> it's
4: got a bigger eye, yeah. yeah. That well, makes the difference, Sergio? All <laughs> right. And bluefin, biggest bluefin? Uh, uh, bluefin's
2: uh, 1596. Uh,
0: 1472,
2: but I think you're right on the 1500. I think there's been a bigger one. But um, I love it because look at the varied size. I mean, we don't get the Atlantic bluefin, which is the fourteen hundred pounder, but uh, I'm sure there's bluefin out here in our coast right now. They're in the five hundred range, and we just can't catch them. Really, just don't. I don't think we have the gear yet for that. Okay, Um, but they're there. Okay, and the reason they're there is because they're smart. Those are the smarter fish. Some of the differences that I've been noticing lately, and you know, you fish a lot of these things, uh, Carson. Yellowfin and bluefin. Bluefin just refuse to give up. Okay, they they seem to have more stamina size. You know, pound for pound. Um,
4: I, I I would I would contrast that and disagree.
2: Okay, that's um, what I wanted. To, well, that's from the, they're
4: a lot smarter. I mean, in terms of before they bite a hook, uh-huh. um, you have to make sure you got a better bait. You got to make sure you got your fluorocarbon. Um, You know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, all those kind of things, and and in my mind, besides the fact that that the bluefin population is up since 2016, but even before that, we would often go up on bluefin foamers, and there'd be bluefin mixed in with whether it was the albacore or you know or whatever, and it was really hard to get a bite. And the invention of fluorocarbon
2: Mm -hmm, that changed it all, I
4: think, was. Fundamental in improving the bluefin tuna fishing, but once you've hooked them, in other words, however you fool them, you fool the yellowfin, you fool the bluefin, um, if they're the same size, in my opinion, the yellowfin are the harder fighters.
2: You know what? I, I The yellowfin do fight harder in warmer water, but all things being the same, like we've had lately where you get a mix both of yellowfin and bluefin. The, flu, the bluefin refuses to give up. The yellowfin I can tire out and bring them in. I'm not saying they're not formidable. okay? But what I'm saying is the bluefin just refuses and refuses to give up. Um, just when you think you've got them, he takes another run. Uh, that's what I've noticed with the bluefin. Uh, the yellowfin do fight harder for me down the East Cape. You get in that warmer water, and that yellowfin become monsters. You go, wait a minute. All that for this, and you see the size of the fish. You go, that's not that big. Well, it's that warmer water, okay? That may, at least what I've seen. I haven't caught a big eye, to my knowledge, since. Jeez, uh, my biggest big eye was 125 pounds on the freelance, probably in 1990 or 97. Ninety-eight around that time. It's a big, big, big. I didn't even know what I had. Okay, on a you'd be happy to know it was in a pen forod. Okay, I love that oh, pen forod.
4: I I was on board the Prowler with Ronnie in in the uh, we found we were not the ones that found it, but we were on what still to this day it was uh, 1990 September of 1990 we found. The Patty, and that's that's in all caps. Mm-hmm. Um, we were one of three boats on it, and um, we caught with uh, you know with, with a, uh, a fishing school group of people that had had not fished very much. And besides me, the other instructors on board were all uh, pro bass fishermen, so they had not really encountered tuna of that grade before. We we managed to land. We caught sixty six big eyes between 60 and 120 pounds. And that was an absolutely miraculous catch in, you know, in that day and age uh, with the all-single-speed gear mono line that we had at the time. Today, if you went out um, with, and caught 66 bluefin tuna from 60 to 120 pounds with two-speed reels and, and super braid line, Joe's fun polyethylene Sergio. Mm-hmm. Um, if we you made that catch, it would be nice. Like, wow, cool. What a nice catch. But it would not be historic like it was back at that time. So we we again we we underestimate just how good we have it today.
2: All right. I agree. I agree. You see that uh earthworm? You see how it's presented? But he split
0: again. Yeah, that was really, that was really good.
2: Are you muting your phone? Is that it? It takes a minute to bring it back? Is that it?
0: Well, yeah, there's like 10 people in line there all talking, so I had to hit mute, but I got out of the line now, so we're good.
2: Well, why don't you tell people you're on the radio on time do a little shout-out?
0: I did, but they're all talking about camping and not fishing. Oh,
2: they're campers, not fishermen. Well, I can't believe you're hanging with them. <laughs> Just go up to them and say, shame, shame, shame. <laughs> shame, shame. Yeah. But anyway, listen, um, you're correct. And the reason I brought that up about November is um, we've got a trip going out this Sunday. Super, super, super light load uh, on the El Dorado who's catching all the fish he can possibly have. Um, and people are not going out. And I don't know if they just, if there's an internal switch that goes off okay and say oh it's november it can't be no it's tuna and we're not rock fishing we're tuna fishing okay and they're they're not that far away they're accessible catching bluefin tuna on a day and a half out of long beach in the month of november if i took you 10 years from now you'd go no way yeah way and you're probably going to end up with a limit okay of fish and these are quality bluefin. They're not the 15 pounders of yesteryear. These are, you know, 40, 50 pounders. And if you get up at night, chances are you're going to get a 100, 150 pounder, close to 200 pounder. Who knows what you're going to catch? And people don't go out, Steve. I, I don't get it. Um, these, these are. <laughs> I mean, these are the days that you're going to remember and say, oh, back in the day. No, these are back in the days. You're making the best memories right now. This is the time you want to be out on the water. And, you know, there may be a lot of reasons you may not be able to go out. But if you're thinking, oh, no, no, it's too late. It's November. You're wrong. And you better take advantage of it while they're still here. As fast as they came, they can disappear. Would you agree, Steve?
4: Oh, absolutely, and, and I'm beginning to buy in. I'm, you know, there's still a lot of a lot of studying to be done. Uh, Dr. Barbara Block is doing some amazing, amazing work, uh, seeing you know what what we thought we knew uh, was not exactly correct in terms of how and when the bluefin are here. But I, I'm starting to buy in a little bit to the hundred-year cycle theory. That the cycle, the bluefin, you know, that like everything in nature is a cycle. They're up, they're down, they're up, they're down, and it's somewhat predictable when it's over a you know a couple of year period or maybe even a couple decades. Uh, but if the, it, it may well be that the bluefin that were here again, literally before World War One, and sometimes during World War One, they were here, and then they left. We don't know why they we don't know why they left, but they left.
2: All right, well, hold on, hold on to that thought. Remember, World War I, and they laughed. We'll come back with that, and we'll come back when the fish came back. Folks, folks you're on Angels Radio, AM 830, KLA. This is Angler Chronicles, and we'll be right back.
9: Good star always stay humble and kind.
8: Go to church, cause your
3: mom assists. Raiders football lives here on AM 830, KLA
7: I got a garage full of fishing tackle, and every time I get out on the water, I realize I forgot something important. But I never forget my life jacket. I make sure my buddies wear theirs, too. Save the ones you love. A message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways.
6: Angels Radio, AM 830. A Monday warrior, me, mean, mean stride. Today's Tom
2: Sawyer, mean. Well, welcome back, everybody, on Angels Radio, AMA thirty KLAA. This is Anger Chronicles, and as we went to break, we were talking with Steve, and Steve, you were talking about uh, about the time right after World War One. You may continue.
4: It's been well chronicled in, um, you know, in in books written back then, and uh, you know, in old faded pictures in the Tuna Club. Uh, you know, Zane Grey wrote a lot about it. Um, so uh, it, it's pretty well chronicled that the big bluefin were here, and they caught a lot of 150-pounders on the gear that was available then. Um, and people like, we, we know about the Farnsworth Bank. Well, there was a Captain Farnsworth. I mean, that, that, that was a real person. And for whatever reason, those, those big schools of big bluefin that were in close, um, they, were, they were there for a couple decades. Basically, big game fishing was invented in in efforts to catch those fish, and then they were gone. And suddenly, in 2016, and, and yes, in in in, uh, in 1986, there was a wrong way school of another group of bluefin that that got lost at the equator. They took a wrong turn. They showed up on the Channel Island, They were nine hundred to a thousand pounds. Hmm. Those. Those were the adults that are usually all the way over in the Sea of Japan. Why were they here? Why were they here? We don't know. Um, a number of them were netted. Needless to say, none were caught on rod and reel. Um, but they were here. And, but now we've got these sub-adults, much bigger than we're, than we're used to, up to, like we talked about, 400 pounds. Um, are they going to leave after 15 or so years like they did back then? You know, maybe so. But right now, we're going into our eighth season of this phenomenon. And um, interestingly enough, if if you uh, when you were up at Queen Charlotte Island, up at Haida um, uh, when they were digging in some Indian some Indian shell middens from literally a thousand years ago, and looking at you know all of what the people back then were eating, you know they were eating a lot of shellfish, they were eating a lot of inshore fish and they found bluefin tuna bone. Wow. So nobody was coming down to San Diego from high to Gwaii a thousand years ago. That wasn't happening. <laughs> so clearly, um, you know, there was a difference in the migration and again, some very, very brave uh, uh, indigenous were out there in their, in their little kayak harpooning bluefin in the middle of a farmer. Um, you know, certainly that way you wouldn't have seen me, and you especially would not have seen Sergio
2: doing that. No, not um, at night. <laughs> well, but you know so, what? I, um, my, but the point that I'm trying to make here is this. Uh, these are the good old days. Okay? Yeah. We're, we're making them now, and you're going to, when, when you get even older, you'll be able to say, oh, man, I remember the good old days. It was just 10 years ago, or five years ago, or this year. Um, this is the time that they're here. And if you want to experience it and you want to go through all the hardship that we went through. I mean, do you remember the, I would say the mid, well, not mid, mid-90s. Uh, there was a portion there in the early 2000s where it was horrible. You couldn't get this water up uh, to 59 degrees, let alone over 60. And now, it was...
4: 91. Sergio, was basically the year without a summer. And you pretty much blame it on Mount Pinatubo, uh-huh. Exploding down the Philippines. Um, well, I
2: don't know what to blame it to, but worldwide. we had a couple of years, man, you couldn't buy a sand bass You couldn't buy an albacore. You couldn't, I mean, not unless you went multiple day You couldn't buy a barracuda, a, a, a yellowtail. Good luck on that. Yeah. Okay. The only thing we had was some rock fishing, okay, and maybe some sculping, and that was about it. So those are the years of famine, if you wish that make you appreciate these days. And my worry is that people have been experiencing this for such a long period of time that taking it for granted. And I'm going, don't take it for granted, okay? And I'm just surprised that we have a trip, again, leaving Sunday with a super light load. I mean, light load. I mean, for me, stay home because... (laughs) <laughs> I'm going to have almost the entire rail to myself. Okay? So this is a good trip to be on. It's going to be very, very friendly. And, and the weather's going to be really good. The fish are biting. I can almost ensure you, if you put the time in, you'll get your limit limited t- uh, bluefin tuna. Um, and yet, people are not coming out. Now, I know there's a lot of factors. But if you say you're a fisherman and you're not out there getting them, and you're not taking advantage of them when they're here, I don't want to hear you crying later. Because you know, Steve, at some point, when they, if these fish do leave, oh, you know, there's no fishing going, I'm, and I'm going to look at you and I'm going to go, dude, really? Okay, you didn't get enough time in? Okay, and this is a time to get it in. So that's all I was going to really say. Okay, you got any intel since I am going out tomorrow night? Uh, what's been... What, what's the bite on um, uh, Steve? Have you got any messages on that?
4: Uh, well, yeah, yeah. The bluefin are not running huge, well, except if you measure it by anything uh, post 2016. They're you know they're mostly running you know in the 25 to to 50 pound range, um, depending on the quality of the bait. You may have to fly line on 30 pound, but. You know, if you pick a good day, you get bid on 40-pound. Keep those hooks small, small circle hooks. Um, Sergio's idea of a long piece of fluorocarbon is actually a great idea. Um, I always hesitate to tell people they need to wind on a $20 liter. But, but you know what? Um, a a four-foot, five-foot piece of fluorocarbon will definitely make the, a big, big difference. And... Um, Most important in bluefin tuna fishing, bait selection, bait selection, bait selection. A bait, just because it's twitching still a little bit, um, is not going to attract a bluefin. Pick a good bait. I happen to like belly hooking them. Sergio likes nose hooking them. But most important is pick a really good bait and get it in the water quickly. Uh, People uh, tend to forget that period of time between... When you scoop the bait out of the hand well and and the bait ends up, you know, in the water from being casted, if that's more than 10 seconds, your bait is dying.
9: Mm -hmm.
4: So pick that good bait, get it on the hook quickly get it in the water
2: quickly. Um, well, you know, since, really you mentioned bait. since you mentioned bait, let's talk about that. Because one thing I think a lot of anglers take that for granted, uh, they go and they, they catch the one that they can, not the one that they right. need. Right. And um, uh, color, coloration is everything. Me, I, I look at the tank, I'm seeing what's swimming fast. When I see what's swimming fast, then I look at the top of the color. I like those lighter color greens. Uh, there's some greens that get really, really light. The other thing I'm looking for is a film. Okay, um, you may not notice it, but uh, it's not as evident as it is, like with a mackerel. I mean, you touch a mackerel and you get all that slime. No, no, but th- there's a film that'll that'll uh, uh, happen with a, with an ant- with a sardine. Okay, and those are, that's your cured bait. Okay, and you can see, oh, you can almost see it. You can, I can feel it better, but you can almost see it. But the lighter color green, and then. It's the one you can't catch is the one you want. And I see people going in there with their hands, and they're just, they're just taking, they're just trying to grab one. And they're getting a lot of other ones, and, and you see the scales flying in the, um, uh, in the hand well. And I always say, you know what, let's do this. Why don't you let me grab one before you kill them all? Because <laughs> they're actually killing oh. all, all the fish there. Okay, and uh, I'm like, no, 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 no. let me let me, ha- let me get a chance here. Here's what I would tell you: put your rod underneath your arm, okay, and if you're having difficult, a lot of difficulty trying to catch a bait, use two hands and cup your bait. That's a lot easier. Get underneath the bait, let it swim there. Lift up your hands, you got them. And then when you grab, you go to grab them, Super, super gentle. If you squeeze too hard, you're killing that bait. You're forcing scales off its body. You want that fish to have the maximum number of scales on him to become more attractive. Now, yes, we've all seen the National Geographic uh, shows when you see chunks of sardines or mackerels, half mackerels getting bit. Yeah, okay. But... If you want to maximize your chances, okay, the most lively bait, the most healthy bait is the one that's going to get bit, okay? If the bait is healthy, the animal, the creature knows that that's a healthy one to eat. It's not going to hurt them. That's an instinct, okay? So take advantage of that, but do not squeeze your bait so hard. And then I'll tell you what, you put the hook through the... Your bait right there at the bait tank, and please let him go. I see so many of you just you, you put the hook on and you you keep them in your hand, okay, and you take them all the way to the to the to the before the cast, and it's in your hand. You open your hands, and boy, your your hand is bedazzled with all the um, all the scales that, that you have in your hand, and that's not conducive to a good bite, especially for bluefin. Other fish are not so. You know, touchy, but the bluefin is very, very touchy. So, light line. Again, nose hook or, or back hook, whatever you want to do. But the key is a good bait. Steve, when we come back, we'll finish up with a couple other recommendations for fishing the tuna right now in this time, folks. uh, You're listening to Angels Radio, AM 830 KLA. This is Angler Chronicles, and we'll be right back.
8: Don't worry, boy, it'll be all right. Cause I took
6: this walk, you're walking now, boy, I've been in your shoes. For well, you can't hold back the hands of time, it's just something you've got to do. Angels Radio,
3: AME 30. Looking for something to do today? Come check out what's new at Michael's Sports Pub & Grill. Michael's was voted Orange County's best sports bar. Whether it's sports, drinks, games, or food, Michael's has something for everybody. And don't forget the wings that Michael is famous for. Michael's Sports Pub & Grill, 15192 Golden West Street, Westminster, California. Just south of the 405 freeway, Michael's Sports Pub & Grill
4: the perfect day is my family and I on the boat out on the waterway I love it nothing but Sun snacks fishing and of course
0: life jackets for everyone save the ones you love life jackets save lives a message from California State Parks Division of Boating and Waterways
6: Angels Radio
0: AM 30 <laughs>
2: Welcome back, everybody. You're on Angels Radio, AMA 30KLAA, and this is Angler Chronicles. And the name of this song is A Whole Lot of Love, and that's what we have for our, what Angler Chronicles has for our veterans a whole lot of love. We thank you, we remember you, and we love you. Okay, so uh, Carson, this is the last segment. I need to know, uh, real quick, line class. Uh, somebody, I got a couple of questions. It says, what size line is uh, getting bit right now?
4: Well, for most people, the, the best way to go is probably forty, just uh, because you know they're, they're not giant fish, but they're nice size fish. But if you're confident with your knots and you know how to operate your drag of your reel and you got nice fresh line, I would fish thirty. I, I fish thirty pound on tuna if they're if they're acting bluefin if they're acting finicky up to about the sixty sixty five pound range. Um, you know, uh, if you're not sure on your drag settings, check with a member of the crew and two speed reels really do help even with 30 pound class, because instead of pumping up, reeling down, pumping up, reeling down, when that fish is straight below you, um, you just put it in low and you grind Mm -hmm. and, uh, that cuts the fight time in about half. And, uh, that can make a big, big difference when you're trying to land a big fish on light line. Um, but 30 or 40, and, Ron, is he going to wake up in the middle of the night or
2: no? Uh, I don't know. Hold on. He's, he, took it, he threw that it. That would down. be no. Yeah. That <laughs> <okay. be> a,
4: <laughs> Well, there are some big fish still being caught at night if you're out in the big fish area. The new low end showed that.
3: No, actually, he got but up the last couple of times. So, yeah, he's been there. Because Ronda was there. Yeah. The, the,
4: then you want to be using absolutely nothing under 80. And really, 100-pound gear is better at night because you just don't know. And this is the time of year when you know uh, there could be a 300-pounder in there with the in, in there with the 80-pounders. So uh, you just fish for hundred pound gear at night. You just do that, especially at this time of year. Okay, so, um, let, daytime, let, so thirty
2: or forty. So here's the deal: we have a light load. That means we have a lot of rod space uh, on the side of the boat to put your rod right away. Bring a lot of rods, guys, and bring a lot of reels if you can. Bring a lot of lines, and th- this is what I would recommend. I know Steve said forty and thirty. Um, yeah, but if they get finicky we've been getting the last trip we did Ron they only wanted 20 and 25 okay load up on 25 right would you say 20?
3: yeah and then make sure also too that you uh, the, the lighter the line you can get away with the better right the way it has been but also don't forget a number two or number four hook as well ah,
2: very good a number two Number four hook. Number. What one of the things I noticed that Batesman, really small in compare. I mean sardine wise. Okay, sardines look like a, a big anchovy. Okay, that's the size. Uh, it's not very not very big. So you want a hook that uh, goes along with that. But the small the hook, the better you're gonna get bit. Sometimes it's harder to land them, but that's just the way it is. I would tell you you gotta have a 20 pound outfit with a number four hook ready to go okay that's what I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw that out there I'm gonna that's gonna be attached to my bass rod and uh, last time I was using 15 I'm actually gonna bring out 12 this year uh, on this this trip I'm gonna bring out 12 because you just never know and you know what yeah it's easier to lose but you know what you're not gonna lose them if you're not gonna hook them okay so I rather hook them and take my chances as it's just sitting there Um you know, what are the, what's that joko? Uh, fishing is one fool on one end of the line, and another fool, uh, one jerk on one end of the line, another jerk on the other end of the line. I don't want to be that guy, okay? I want to get bit.
4: Or Stephen Wright said there's a fine line well, that's uh, it. between going fishing and standing on the,
2: on the shoreline looking like a fool. Exactly, that's that one as well, yeah, so that, that's the key. So I would tell you, have some light line, absolutely have some heavier line. Uh, Mike Howell, who I want to send a, a very special Happy Veterans Day, also, uh, and happy birthday yesterday, Mike Howell, also a Marine. I know he's gonna be on the boat. Mike always gets bit on the heavier line, okay? What it is, I don't know, but he's not the norm. Okay, so um, he'll fish 30, 40, bring it. I'm going to have 20, 25, 30, 40. I'll have a 60 outfit and I'll have an 80 to 100 outfit just in case. I always have one ready. I just don't, for some reason, I just can't seem to drop it at night because I'm sleeping. But um, <laughs> I'm sleeping at night, yeah. Um, and, but, and,
4: and Sergio, let me give myself a little plug because you're plugging your, your trip. Mm-hmm. You've got a couple spots open if you've got Eight days from December 2 to 10, I've got, I had a couple of people drop out on my uh, eight-day trip on board the Shogun. So get a hold of Let the Let me Shogun tell you office.
2: this. One year, I'm going to join you. I can't imagine eight days with you. One of us will not return.
4: Well, we're not going to share a stateroom, I can tell you that.
2: One of us is not going to return. <laughs> you know we're going to drive each other crazy.
4: Well, yeah, luckily the Shogun is a a nice big boat, 100 feet long, so we can be 99 feet away from each other.
9: Mm hmm
2: That's it. You know, so, uh, yeah, no, it's a very, very nice boat, too, and good captains. But listen, um, let's get everybody, if if you really want to go fishing, there's still a little bit of room there. Well, there's a lot of room. But I want to say a little bit of room, because I want to have as much room as possible, but if you really want to catch some really nice fish right now in a super super very light load trip even ron can't go
3: you you uh you guys uh can get on there by uh going to uh, longbeatsportfishing.com or call 562-432-8993 don't tell him because
2: then they're going to want to come. Well, I mean, even Ron, hey, Steve, even Ron can't make
3: it. Yeah, my wife is having oh. surgery.
2: Yeah, she's got a procedure on Monday, so she can't go, so it's just me. One one less guy. I mean, I'm telling you, I can just imagine me with a bunch of my closest friends, the entire 85-foot boat, the El Dorado, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you. to myself, will have plenty of bait, Plenty of space.
3: That boat's been on fire, too, if you haven't been following the fish. Yeah, counts. so
2: we may even have to come in early. Might have to fish. I'll tell you what, we'll probably end up, if the way I look at it, with the type of fishing we have on the boat, we'll get our limits of tuna. Okay, and then probably have to move inland to go get some yellowtail or some white sea bass because there's been some uh, uh, live squid in the mix. In fact, um, these tuna are very healthy because I think they've been eating on the on the on the live squid. So, all right. So, um, having said that, folks, look, um, if you're doubting, this is the time to go fishing. Okay, just because it's November doesn't mean it's over. Okay, this is uh, year-round tuna fishing now, and until further notice. So, um, get on the boats, get on them now. Okay, and and it'll be good i do have a comment already here uh for you ron coming from gary he says uh he bought some tennis balls and you're not coming out ouch did you get okay who said ouch who got it me
0: hey sergio sergio someone wants to say good morning real
2: quick okay real quick good morning oh you're so lucky erica you said good morning now i get to take you fishing to get on the center console
6: Yes, I'm. I'm waiting. Okay, I am
2: waiting. I told him if you didn't say good morning, you weren't gonna go. Now you're gonna go. I'm gonna get. Uh, I will say good
6: morning. <laughs>
2: yeah. You'll say good morning every day. I know you will. <laughs> I'll. Yeah, I'll
6: say it 10, 20 times this morning if you need me to. Yeah, oh, we'll, we'll
2: we'll let him go off to Utah and you come fishing with me.
6: Okay, sounds like a
2: plan. <laughs> there you go. All uh-huh. right. So <laughs> wait a minute. Why did you? Who said? Ouch. Was
0: that was me. That was uh, okay.
2: Why did you say "ouch" when I said tennis balls?
0: Uh, you you know you know I get all the old jokes with the tennis balls on the walkers.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so Gary said he he was bringing you tennis balls for the walker, Ron.
3: Well, and he's you know. Upset you're not going now to the that uh, Gary is now uh, your roommate down there, twenty feet, so don't worry about <laughs> it. No, but
2: Gar- Gary's good with me in my book. Okay.
3: <laughs> okay. Okay. The so, short jokes are going to have to come back out.
2: Yep. Uh, no, no, I didn't. I didn't say him. You can't come attack me. Okay. Okay. And then uh, here's uh, here's a great question from Danny Jackson: Can you fish tuna and then go inside and fish deep water rockfish?
4: Sure.
2: Yeah. Why not? Is there any rule uh, there, uh, Mr. Earthworm? No. I don't you think
4: just, the, the big thing with rockfish is not only the depth. Uh, a number of the of the nearshore species are also closed. So if by some chance you can you and, and you've got to know, be able to know the difference. Um, tell them the warden, oh, they all look the same to me. All those rockfish.
2: That's not going to work. No, no. So here's the deal. So we can. So I'm telling you this. Having so few of us, I guarantee i can almost—I can almost guarantee it, but I can't. But you, we get into the bluefin. We'll limit on the bluefin. We'll probably get a chance to go out and get some yellowtail. Probably get that, get some other stuff as well, which is fun. I mean, how often can you get your limited tuna and then go in and get some yellowtail and go in and get some rockfish and it, it's going to be a a potpourri. You like that potpourri of fishing, so I only got two minutes left. So again, guys, light line, uh, small hooks, uh, and perfect bait. All right, and you want to bring out some sensitive rods on this one. Try not to use full graphite rods. Here's where I would definitely say a composite or, or, or a glass rod. Uh, That takes a shock absorber. You need that for these fish, especially in lighter line. Make sure your drags are set correctly, okay? And uh, that's about it. Ron, you wanted to say something? Uh, No, I just get off the couch. (laughs) All right, so anyway, if you're interested, go to longbeachsportfishing.com okay and you can book online um, the trip is leaving tomorrow night and 8:30 um,
3: and make sure you bring a sleeping bag and blanket yeah you need a, exactly a, a pillow. pillow blanket
2: you know and the only thing other i'm going to say is this goes uh, with Leilani here uh, Leilani um, my raiders yo raiders uh. we actually won last week with we had to fire everybody i love it we fired everybody and we won, and we won big. It, was, it wasn't a little thing, okay? So uh, I just had to get my Raiders in there. And if I get my Raiders in there, you got to know what I'm going to say. Okay, this one goes out to Don and Ron, the Barachos. You ready for this? I am. Here we go. Argentina's World Cup champions for the next foreseeable future until 2026. How's that? That's that's, that's a ways to go. Three years at least, so this is good.
3: If they have more matches like they did in the World Cup, I'd watch soccer.
2: They've it's been doing that. that in the qualifying matches, so it's all been good. Alright, Earthworm, you give uh, Erica a kiss for me. Okay? And tell her it's all like Donkey Kong. We're going fishing. We'll get Rhonda out there as well. Carson, have a great weekend. Happy Veterans Day, my friend. Thank you. Same to you. Happy Veterans Day. Okay, and to everybody, happy Veterans Day. And Angler Chronicles remembers you. We'll talk to you next week.
1: Well, folks, that's the show for this week. It's time to truck on out of the city and get outside in God's country.
2: We'll see you next week on Angler Chronicles.